0: It's time to unleash the expert. What is he an expert on? Relationships, sex, spirituality, and rediscovering yourself beyond the trauma. Get ready to unleash more purpose, passion, and pleasure in your life. Here's the expert himself, Mr. Brandon Patrick.
1: All right, guys, welcome to the Brandon Patrick Show. Good to have you here. Um, Before I get started, I just want to remind you, as this is starting, I can use as many ratings and reviews as I can get. So if uh, you like the content so far, it's been helpful, please do me a solid and go over and give me a rating. I would really appreciate it. So, um, But I want to get into the content today because I feel like, um, well, obviously I podcasted with her for like four years, so... Um, We could do a lot of content, but I got my good friend Ashlyn here. And I just really appreciate you coming on Ashlyn. Um, I think what we get in today is going to be very different than a lot of the content that we've done for four years. Um,
0: (laughs) And I'm excited to dig into it a little bit. So I um, love it. I I was thinking the other day. I sent an old podcast of ours to a client, and I thought, I don't know what I sounded like in this, but I'm sure it's great. But I'm a different person now. <laughs> hey, we we had some good content though. I mean, pat on we our absolutely, back. Absolutely, like absolutely. Yeah. I had a girl who she found out about betrayal December, and it's March. She binged our entire podcast, four years of content, in those wow. three months. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So she's like, it's saving me. So yeah, yeah, it's still very relevant.
1: Very relevant, very good content. Um, but we've moved on. We're what two years almost yeah. from wrapping that show up and yep. um and we've kind of gone our different directions and I think we're both doing some really good in the world. Um, you have your this is Ashland show, which is going yes. good, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. And then you're doing retreats, I'm doing retreats, so we're still doing a lot of good stuff. Um, but I want to dig in a little bit with you, Ashton into kind of your personal story, some, and ask some, of some of those questions and kind of take a look at some things that might've caused you some harm. Um, and some things that might've, might've just been very confusing and difficult to figure out. Um, and and the reason I bring this up is because I've, I've seen you progress. I've seen it happen. (laughs) and i want to kind of take the audience from the beginning to that progression to where you're at now okay. um but specifically what i want to talk about is um sexual development and um healthy sexuality and what is healthy sexuality um when i first met you ashlyn um, I, you you weren't you weren't totally unhealthy don't worry <laughs> um you were in a process of growth you were in a process yeah. of change you were doing therapy um and i also picked up on sex is pretty scary mm-hmm. and sexuality was something that we didn't talk about a ton at Mm-mm. the beginning of the uh, when we when we started everything um i'm curious if you could back up a little bit for us and just talk about um like what was sexual development like for you how, how did you learn about sex what were some of the common things that you were taught um as a woman in the church as a young girl in the church um you know
0: what did you
1: experience
0: okay well i had one sex talk with my dad that i remember in his office and it was the basic i think it was probably 4 minutes long so you and Yes, like okay. there is one kind of sex, and and it's between a man and woman, and the end. Okay, and then I remember oh, so having no, no real details. About... Oh, Brandon, I didn't know what a lot of things were until I was in high school or graduated mm. from high school. I was very naive. You're talking. I didn't.
1: You're talking like anatomy wise, or just like... Uh, absolutely, like don't
0: look <laughs> down <just> there. <laughs> <in your face. laughs> yeah, like you you it really. It really, for me was, well, you know that I have, I have OCPD. So that scrupulosity is mixed in there. So for me, when you tell me that, Hey, this is the rule. Someone told me don't look, don't touch. So I did not look and did not touch anywhere below my, Mm. you know, belly button, because Because that was, that was a rule. And when I got married, then I could look and touch. And so it just, it's so it like, around now.
1: with like this mystery down there of like <laughs> sensual pleasure that like was off limits.
0: Totally off limits. Yeah. yeah. And so, not a lot of education. Well, no education really. Yeah, and actually, I, I want
1: to ask you that this rule of don't look, don't touch. Yeah. Is that just kind of in, in like kind of in the air that you breathe, or was it explicitly told to you, like, oh, no, you don't? Or no, was it. it kinda, you knew
0: that it that was. was- definitely like I knew it was it was off limits I also when I went to church masturbation was talked about for boys not for girls yes Yes. and so I didn't even know girls did that Mm -hmm. like that's how naive I was and so it just seemed like when we were having lessons at church that were about being pure and saving yourself it was definitely directed like the boys are going to do their thing and they need to be careful, but the girls you're really in charge. You're the gatekeeper. So you need to make sure you're dressing a certain way. You need to make sure that you're presenting yourself a certain way. Don't date, you know, boys like on your own. It should always be in a group setting, which is laughable to me now. Like we're teaching to go and be monogamous, but also don't be monogamous. (laughs) You know, that's interesting right
1: (laughs) but there's an there's an undertone that that i'm hearing as you're talking about this of sexuality is a boy's thing and it's absolutely this this thing that boys do that like women and girls need to manage and control to make sure that the boys don't go do crazy things yeah
0: yeah the gatekeeper that to me was just it was right on like women are the gatekeeper by even the way we dance, the dressing, um, the way we talked, the flirting. And so I was just, I, I remember in high school, just, I wanted to kiss boys so bad mm-hmm. and I had boyfriends, but I just, I remember every Friday night, like, let's go find boys and we'll kiss them. And then I was terrified. Like I never actually did, but I just, I definitely could but feel, you wanted to. I could feel yes. the, those feelings inside of me. I just didn't, the fear was way too big.
1: You know, it's interesting. And I'm going to admit something here. That's in- pretty embarrassing. Um, mm-hmm. I was a fully trained therapist. Um, uh, this was years ago. I was a fully trained therapist and I got a, 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 a client, a couple, and they came in and, and we were talking about his porn and masturbation issues. And, you know, he has these issues and we need to fix them. And um, she got alone with me and she admitted that, Hey, I've been, she's, she said, I have a masturbation problem. And uh, as a fully trained adult male therapist, I sat there and thought, wait, what? Like you do that? Like, yeah, see, uh, huh? we're not different. <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to do that. You're a woman. Like, wh- isn't why? that you're crazy? Not even, you're not even tempted to th- do that as a woman, right? Because like, that's a dude's thing. Like that's, and, yeah. and if
0: you are tempted, what's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, if you are tempted to do that, like, huh? That It just yeah. was like so foreign to me. Um, and then I've since discovered that, um, uh, masturbation in adolescence for girls is absolutely normal and common. And it happens just like it does for boys. Um, and what do you know, women actually have sexuality,
0: <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to lie. I think women are incredibly, uh, powerful sexually. And I just had no idea until the last 10 years. So yes,
1: the, the, you know, they, uh, a trait of feminism, like really empowered feminism is sensuality and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, men in our society, in our religion, men have owned it. And actually women have gone along with that. Um, I'll, I'll give you sex when you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's a a, chore. It's about pleasing you. It's about getting you off. You know, as long as you're, you know, that happens, then we have a good sex life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Bullshit. Like not true. Yeah. Uh, Women's sexuality. How come women, and we've talked about this before. How come women
0: can have more powerful and more orgasms than a man? What? Exactly. Okay. Brennan, there's so many, we could talk for like eight hours on this, but I remember when I did actually get married, there was zero advice. My mom said, you'll figure it out. My sweet mom did not know I would not figure it out. <laughs> and, um, just the, like, Oh, this is not enjoyable for me because I had zero, like zero education. My partner had zero education right. in a woman. Like he understood himself because he'd done that right. for years. Porn. Yes. And so here I am going, there must be something wrong with me because yeah, he's using porn as education, which is not. And, right. and so I didn't enjoy it for the first six years of my 21 year marriage. Yeah. Wow. Like I did not enjoy it. Yeah. It was painful. It was absolutely a chore. And I looked at it like, it's so messy. I don't like it. Like the, I had a lot of um sensory issues around it and uh-huh it's laughable now because now I promote sex blankets and I'm like, get over your sensory issues. It's fantastic. Right. Right. (laughs) But okay. We're going to get to that in a minute, how you've
1: actually gotten there because from where you've come from, um, it sounds like sex was just this like, like gross, painful, Mm -hmm. painful thing.
0: Yes. And I will add, I had my, my older siblings all got pregnant right you know as they were dating so it was shown to me through three generations my grandma my mom and my sisters that sex equals pregnancy you get pregnant you get pregnant and it will change your life forever and so I was also scared of it for that reason right and I was told by my grandma and my mom like don't be like us
1: right interesting so okay I can't touch these parts of me because that's sinful and shameful. Um, I, it, I, I'm i told just like a four minute talk about it. And it's this awkward talk that my dad gives me. And then, oh, by the way, you know, if you have sex, you'll get pregnant. Like zippity doodah. Can't wait <laughs> to like really <laughs> explore yeah. part of life,
0: right? Yeah. Well, um, and I'll add, Brennan, um, I don't talk about this super public, but I was sexually assaulted in high school Mm -hmm. and that drastically affected the way I showed up in my marriage. And I didn't realize that until I started recovery and did started
1: trauma there.
0: There was, yes, there was because, and for a lot of years I didn't understand. I did EMDR work around this trauma Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand that it was affecting me the way it was until I said it out loud to my therapist And she was, she immediately said, do you not realize this is not your fault? Like what happened? I had no idea. I'd I'd carried it all those years as. You were
1: sexually assaulted and you were saying, I created this somehow. Yeah. It was my fault. Because you're the gatekeeper.
0: I was wearing a skirt. My goodness. Like totally. You brought
1: this onto yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to that. That is really
0: horrible. It's horrible. Yeah.
1: Yet I understand why you felt that way and why you believe those things because you were you were taught those things in many mm-hmm. ways, um I'm curious, so I you know I was raised in the church as a as a boy in the church we there's certain messages about sex that we get. um what I'm hearing from you and and maybe you could talk a little more to this, it was you're the gatekeeper, and this is a boy's thing, it's not a girl's thing, so on one hand, it's like, hey, sex isn't your thing, but on the other hand, you still had a lot of shame about sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like it, it was, it was still taught to you that pleasure was bad. Pleasure's not like it's Mm -hmm. lustful. It's sinful. It's not okay. You still picked up those messages, although you were also getting the, and this isn't your thing. That's a boy's thing. So it's kind of a double whammy there. (laughs) Yes,
0: Yes. Yeah. And then to be taken advantage of and to carry that as well. So it was like just, I had a lot of things going against me and then got married and the wedding day, you know, as Christians, the idea is you save yourself for marriage. Right. And so we get married and that day it's like, uh, now it's everything's it's, up, it's open. On. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go here. You're, you're free to do whatever you want. And it was like, wait, what? I, I, I don't even, I've never even seen a naked, like, no, 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 no. So it was a lot for me. Yeah. And I do feel, I mean, I couldn't have done anything. I could have been more proactive in educating myself and not relying on other people. But I mean, how old were you, Ashlyn? I was 19 you when were I got a, married. You were a baby. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You could have, would have, should have, but like, yes. <laughs> you were doing the best you could. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize you got
1: married so young. Oh, yeah. 19.
0: It was just like if I get married then that I had no plan for my life except to get married and have babies. And then I couldn't have babies for 8 years. So I was like, I guess I'll go to college. I guess I'll have a career. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Oh, Brandon.
1: <laughs> um so in the, let's let's go through this a little bit. So in the marriage, um did you feel like like sex was still for him and it was my job to provide and I needed to keep him satisfied and keep him happy? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, uh, we did at, I think it was probably two years into the marriage. We went to our religious leader and just said, we're struggling. Um, I think he went as like maybe confessing some porn and masturbation. And then they brought me in as like, Hey, we need to work through this. And, um, he, he actually, it's kind of unusual, but he sent us to get Toys for me, like, hey, she needs Wait, to be a bishop. No, I know we had have... it's so unusual. That's freaking yeah, BG... bishop, right? So, he was maybe the only advocate for me that I'd ever had, ever. No, which this is the
1: betrayal stuff, right.
0: I, I mean, I... the week of our marriage, I knew he was looking at porn. I did not oh. know until then, but gotcha. it was just this secret weird thing where I wouldn't say anything, but I knew he was like, I'd wake up in the night and hear kind of thing. So, right. um, six years into the marriage is when he had that emotional affair. And so it was before that. So I, I, was... I, I want to clarify, Ashton, like I'm saying, heck yeah, Bishop,
1: it is good. If a Bishop's like sex positive and, mm-hmm encouraging individuals and couples to own their sexuality. It's not good if a Bishop is saying, Hey, you need to spice up your sex life so you can be enough for your, your partner so that they don't have to look at porn. And yeah. Right? And that's,
0: I think, I think his intentions were pure. Like he really was like, Hey, she's not enjoying sex over here. Maybe help her out. Okay. Like, nice. I, I really do look at it like that. Okay. However, I could be wrong. He could have no, been like, she you're you know it was my i did him. i did take on the belief that it was my fault that he was looking at porn and math's rating because i was right there in front of him and he wasn't choosing me but then i also am like i wasn't interested in choosing him at the time either it was right. just right. a weird dynamic
1: right so that was that was the bishop maybe actually being helpful trying yes to, yeah
0: which is probably and, and it did helpful. change It changed my world like oh this is what an orgasm is okay
1: like what yeah exists yeah yeah
0: um okay
1: so fast forward a little bit um the infidelity happened the betrayals happened in your marriage um and it led you guys i know i'm fast forwarding but it led you guys into into treatment for Mm -hmm. sex addiction for betrayal trauma um And so what happened in terms of kind of your sexual development and view of sex when that started to happen?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say we had a average sex life at that point. Um, We were having sex regularly and we were both enjoying the process enough that we would have an orgasm. So it was better than Um, what it was. Absolutely. Like, introducing me to what it even felt like to have an orgasm and that my pleasure did matter did change a lot of things for me. Okay. Um, but going into, you know, this was 14 years into our marriage that we started recovery and it was, it was very scary for me because of, you know, they're saying, Hey, this is going to take seven years for him to, to come out of this. This is going to take you probably just as long to get over this. And yeah. there's so many layers and you got to go back into your trauma okay. of your what you brought into the marriage. And it was like, oh no, it was, it was a lot to start with. And I was very much uninterested in healing my sexual side. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get to a place where I didn't hate him. <laughs> that, that was so out of the realm of it, that it your, was your like,
1: sexual self was like, yeah, throw that on the shelf. Like way yes. out there because yes. right now I'm just barely breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to, to treatment and they're saying things like in seven years, you guys can be okay. And yeah. you're like, oh my gosh. Like, how am I not like, how are we going to keep this all together? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, question for you is his, and this is what I see a lot in treatment is that, um, he just like, as a, when, when you're taught as a kid in the church about sexuality is that the boy's sexuality is the thing that needs to be managed and can be Mm -hmm. the problem. And a lot of times in treatment, what I see is that people come in and they, they say, okay, what we need to do is make sure that his sexuality is in check. And if it's in check, then we have hope for the coupleship. We have hope for the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's like really focus on making sure that he's faithful and what mm-hmm. I mean by faithful is that he's not sexual, um, yeah. except for <laughs> only with you in the bedroom, and that's it. And a lot of times, that's what treatment does is, and it, and it sends messages both to the partner, um, and to the individual struggling with the sexual compulsive behavior. the The message sent to the partner is, like, look, um we need to help him control this Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that he doesn't do these things. And the message sent to him is lust and sexuality is so bad and you need to make
0: sure that you're sober. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: Is that, is that accurate? Did that happen?
0: Yes. And I didn't act. I mean, I couldn't see that at the time and I don't think he did either, but yes, years into recovery, it's saying, wait, what did we just do to ourselves? You know, we, we've shut down parts of us that actually, we didn't want to shut down right. and so yeah i don't know if we were more guinea pigs <laughs> i do know they do it different now you do it different now you were guinea um, pigs exactly it's <laughs> <now. laughs> fine it's fine yeah, it's fine. yeah. <laughs> it all worked out <laughs> learned a lot through
1: the process <laughs> yes. but i got to say there's still like programs and things out there that are all about force and fear and control and shutting down sexuality And calling that recovery and calling that progression. And I actually think it creates cycles of compulsion and it creates cycles of, well, it creates disconnection from partners. It destroys trust. Like all of those things happen when it's all about making sure that sexuality is not there. Because the reality is, is that sexuality is absolutely in both of those people Mm -hmm. in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Sexuality is a healthy thing sexuality is a good thing um and just trying to shut it down and pretend like it's not there actually just create it, it continues the same things that you learned when you were a kid right and yeah. so
0: just um, amplified because i'm in a relationship like i i have all the the framework to have a healthy sex life right. and i don't have one right
1: right so you're in a relationship you have the framework but you can't like it's not working
0: Yeah. And, and during this time we still had sex. I know a lot of people do recovery different and, you know, we either shut it down and there's lots of boundaries or there's some boundaries or it's free for all. And I'm going to get, win you back by being hypersexual. Um, I was just kind of in between, like, I didn't feel like I was betraying myself by having sex with this person
1: to try to force or or not force, but to control like him wanting you there
0: up for sure. I'm, that was part of it. I know it was like, if I, if I can show up, then that will help him rather than it be about, I want to show up and create some repair in our relationship in this area. Right. Okay. So let's kind of keep
1: moving along here. Mm-hmm. Um, you sent me, um, a text one day and it was Finlayson five. And <laughs> and you wrote like, I, you know, I'm listening to this and I just can't, like, I can't anymore. What do you think about it, Brandon? Like, I can't, I can't listen to this. It's so triggering. This is so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Could you just speak to that a little bit?
0: <laughs> yeah. And this was maybe four years into recovery. I'm thinking it was it was pretty it was, far in there. You we were doing the podcast for a while. Yeah, so maybe yeah. yeah. Uh, so up until that point I had done the EMDR around my sexual trauma before marriage okay. and that that did relieve a lot of things like because of that trauma I was there were certain things that were off limits for me. Like I don't want to do that because I was it would take me back to the it trauma. Would trigger
1: you into the Yes, trauma. and yeah. so
0: makes sense. And It because of that, he missed out and I missed out. Right. And I know that now because once we, once I was able to heal that and we incorporated that into our sex life, I was like, oh my gosh, well, no wonder I didn't like sex. Like (laughs) we were missing out on this huge part. Right. So, um, but, but but Ashlyn, for good reason, you
1: had significant trauma there that was, you were in a protective mode. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You did your work around that.
0: Yeah, so I had done some work, and I remember my therapist Amy kind of pushing me and saying, "You know, you should really start working through some of the sexual stuff." And and I and I had my my former partner who was he would buy books and just kind of push me, and I didn't like, like that. Nudge, right, nudge you. Yes, like, come like on, when, work on your sexuality. Well, yeah, like look at you're getting better. Go work on that thing. And I'm yeah. like, dude, leave me alone. Like, let me go at my pace. So pressure, I push back. Doesn't work, does it? I push back too hard. And I, and now I told you, I'm jealous at how quickly people are moving through, uh, to find their sexuality and recovery because I waited so long. I, I just, it was so scary to me. And so when I started, it was a Finlayson five, um, she has online courses and I, this was my brave moment of saying, okay, I'm going to choose to work on this myself. And her, her method is coming from a Christian background so i felt safe in that like she'll understand why i'm the way i am and yet here i was going she's saying things that recovery has said not to do and she's a sex therapist and she's saying we should do them and she's also christian like i'm so confused and it scared me and so yes i i vividly remember talking to you and saying like help me understand this and i remember you just being kind of quiet. Like, I'm not sure what to say here because, and I, I sat there going, I know I'm wrong because he's not saying anything, (laughs) but I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. I did that course for three. I did it three times through. Oh, really? Wow. I had pushed myself because it was so uncomfortable the first time. And I remember, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was like, keep going. Yeah, Yeah. Just keep going, actually.
1: Understand it like fully. Yes. Saying. Yeah,
0: like, and my worry was was more for women who, because this is what I did when we found out about the affairs and the porn use and all this, um, we went to a sex therapist in the beginning because we thought that must be the problem.
1: Uh huh. That's it's, that's it's your sex life, and then everything. yeah, okay.
0: And yeah. so I was worried that people were buying her program. And they'd had a fair, they were in the similar boat and that's how, where they go? So I was like feeling protective. I think, um, if people are doing this and they haven't done any work in recovery, they're just going to bypass all that. And it just was, yeah.
1: Wait, so I, this what you're saying. I really do want to flush out here. Okay. So your fear was like, oh my gosh, if they, because if here's the thing that I want to explain, if you've been betrayed Um, and trust is shattered in your relationship then the first thing to fix isn't to go hop in the bed and like hey let's figure this out and like make sex the thing that we need to fix because the foundation of the relationship is broken intimacy can't really happen because trust and safety aren't there and so for a couple who's Who's got this broken trust going on going to a sex therapist and that sex therapist is saying hey let's let's you know have you engage more sexually can really do problems sometimes mm-hmm. yeah unless that unless that reparative work with the trust is done first, then that push into intimacy is not a good thing, yes, uh, once that trust work is done, then absolutely it's healthy for both partners to explore and be their sexual selves yes. in an open transparent way um and and so finlayson five she talks to she speaks to that she speaks to owning your sexuality exploring mm-hmm. your sexuality um i was listening to her the other day and she was talking about how in a healthy relationship a couple can they can hold novelty and safety at the same time where you know as a as a, a person i can come in and i can say oh, I have these fantasies or uh, I I thought about doing this thing or that or whatever. And my partner could listen mm-hmm. and understand and hold space and validate, but still not feel pressured to give up her truths or her boundaries or who, who she is. So there's safety for me. There's novelty and safety at the same time. I'm going pretty far with this. Here's No, my but point. I love it. <laughs> Here, here's my point, Ashlyn. Um, But when all of a sudden Finlayson Fife is put in front of you and your level of trust and safety is so low still, it's still not not high enough to really push you into exploring sexuality. Of course, that's triggering. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's like, oh, my gosh, I can't handle that. And and that's kind of what I saw. I I realized, Mm -hmm. hey, there's some work to be done Mm -hmm. before Ashlyn fully digests everything that she's taking in right now. And she, and, and she can't see what and 5 is actually saying here. And I love that. I mean, it's so you Ashlyn to do it three <laughs> times and like, figure it out and get there. <laughs> I'm a weirdo.
0: That, no, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I will say my therapist did it that did the program the same time I did. Like that was her oh, way really? of saying, like, I'll be safe with you. Like we can that's do this. Awesome. And so that felt like okay i have someone who understands how weird my background is and also how hypersensitive i am but who like we can do this and right. so um i loved that um and the truth is you know i love Finley some 5 she's been on our podcasts and yeah and i definitely love her content it just yeah for me to step into that ownership took me a minute so were some of the
1: I- i'm curious Maybe we could back up just a, a little. Like, what were some of the triggering things that she was saying? Do you um,
0: yes and no. Definitely exploring your body. Uh-huh. Um, that I was like, wait. In a religion, even when we're married, we are taught not to do those things, right? Like, I was.
1: It's funny, Finlayson Five, because she doesn't go all the way with it. She, she's she's mm-hmm. like, hey, you you should totally masturbate. <laughs> she doesn't do that, but she's no. like, you should explore your body. <laughs>
0: Which but means... We all, we all know what she's talking about, <laughs> you know? But for me, Brandon, it it makes me... Like, my heart hurt that as a woman in her late 30s, i I was told to explore my body and it scared me.
1: Yeah. A woman
0: that. who'd had sex for over a decade...
1: Had two children.
0: Had two kids. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what?
1: That like,
0: was- I... It's terrible. It's terrible because I wanted to follow the rules. I wanted to be a good Christian. And that to me meant you don't do that. You you just don't. It's like a mutual um, relationship with your partner. And so we had found ways that it would work with us, but it was always um, for me. Now I know it's not about the masturbation. It was about the secrets and just Absolutely. how, yeah. I mean, our marriage was full of secrets and hiding things and shame you know, on both sides. And so opening that up as like, wait, this is the thing that hurt me. And you're telling me to go and do it. It See, just was there, kind of a lot. There's the
1: messaging, right? Like you're telling me to go do the very thing that has destroyed our, our life. Yes. Because, so, so what, Yeah, absolutely. Right. And Phyllis and Fife said this on our episode. I don't know if you remember this. She said the issue is not the sexuality. The issue is the lack of transparency in a relationship and And,
0: ownership. Like if you're going to say like, I'm going to continue to masturbate, own it, own it, like instead of keep hiding it and keep relapsing. And, you know, right, right.
1: So, so just show up as you in that relationship and then navigate that together with your partner um yeah. yeah I uh I I so I I really do appreciate her because she's so mm-hmm. courageous to actually kind of walk that line with people who have a hard time hearing it yeah Me, <laughs> the possibility of hearing it that sexuality is okay that it's not just bad that it's not going to destroy your life um and so and that it's
0: for women too that i mean yes. just pleasure alone that it's mutual wow. Okay. And it's funny because I have friends who they were not raised like me. They don't have the trauma like me and they've only had really great sexual experiences. And so they don't know, they can't understand what it's been like for me, like who I am today. Like, do you understand how hard I've worked to be this sexual being That place and, and, and and to, to own it and be like, I'm really great. I'm a great lover. I can own that. Mm -hmm. you don't understand what it took me to get there because you've only experienced healthy. Right. And that's fantastic for you. And I want that for everyone. Also for those of us who did not, it's, it's a lot of work. Well, and and I got to say Ashlyn, uh,
1: you know, from a man's perspective, from a woman's perspective, being born into a culture and a religion with so many beliefs and just so much around sexuality, um, you don't even know, you You don't even know what you're, what's off mm-hmm. or, or what, like why this is broken or you, you don't understand that. And you just start to take on these messages of mm-hmm. shame and self-rejection and force and control. Um, it, you know, I, I had a client, she, she'd had, she was like 45, she'd had 10 kids. Um, and I can't remember what I said. It was something like, do you, do you know that I say things in my office in therapy sessions that you normally don't say (laughs) anyways, I can't remember the I can't remember the context of the conversation, but it was something to the effect of, do you even know where your clitoris is, Mm. what your clitoris is? And she looked at me and said, what's that? (laughs) She's 45 and
0: kids. Um, something I get it. Like it's so broken. I get it. And it's, yeah, I'm my, one of the religious leaders in my neighborhood that I live in now. So I left the religion three years ago and she sent me a message two years ago and said, because of you talking about sex in an open way, I had my first orgasm and I'm over 40. Hallelujah. Yeah. And she's like, it just was so sweet to me because I thought, I would never know that looking at her. Like,
1: Carson, look what you did. What What did you do? And this is what Finlayson Five does. You somehow gave her permission.
0: Yeah,
1: I know that that might sound weird. You know, her having an orientation, <laughs> but but like another woman who was raised in the church, who had this sexual trauma, and I would say sexual spiritual trauma. Yeah, who now realized that hey, I can actually have some pleasure in my life and enjoy that pleasure and own it and. Mm-hmm. And she's just thought, oh my gosh, if Ashon's doing it, maybe I can
0: too. Well, and it meant more because I had left religion and she didn't not trust me anymore. She was like, uh-huh. I'm still here listening. And I'm, I'm still, you know, it just was cool for me to see that she could see through this little barrier that I had created by leaving uh-huh. and saw that she still deserved a healthy sex life. Yeah.
1: I got to ask you, um, on, so on Instagram, so Mm -hmm. Ashlyn has like, I've, I've watched you just run the gamut here (laughs) and uh, you know, some of your stories on Instagram, I love it. Um, but I'm like, Whoa, like she's throwing that out there or that question or Holy cow. Like Ashlyn's going there. No way. I'm curious. Um, how comfortable are you when you put stuff out there like that? Mm -hmm. And then what are some of the responses that you get back from people?
0: Yeah. Um, it's
1: very it, sex positive.
0: Definitely. And um, this is the most I've talked, I would say, about my own sex experience. Um, it's usually I open up my Instagram stories once a month and then every day in the month of September for mm-hmm. Um So- I'm opening to anonymous questions and anonymous answers. So I'm not yet usually saying, here's my experience, right? Sometimes you're, you're asking the questions and exploring with, with yes, I'm giving them space. And so sometimes I'll pop in if there's betrayal ones, because people will say, leave him, He's a dirty, and I'm like, "Ah," like, let's, let's soften this a little. Um, But there are some questions that years ago I would not post because it was like i didn't i was not in line with those thoughts and it's like that we i used to get a lot of like how do we feel about open marriages and da da da, da. and i was like we're not going to go there because i definitely don't that's but not you're where i am automatically
1: at. just nope uh uh-uh, uh right yeah yeah
0: and it's my platform i can do what i want right, right absolutely. um but in the last 2 years i it's ha- still not ha- i still believe in monogamy mm. and I still allow, and now I allow those questions to pop through. And it's interesting to me because, um, I really do try to keep it anonymous. I don't share, you know, I try not to even look, I just hurry and cross out names. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's cool to me to see the people who are daring like brave enough to say, "I have questions, and I have never dared to ask anyone or I don't know how to Google like it's scary to Google these kinds of things, and so they put it out there, and then to have so many people respond, like I can help with that. I was once there, and this is where we found yeah. um and it's not like this is gold, this is a you know sometimes it's like you should go see a doctor or you should go to a therapist I, or I, you know, I, like don't get your answers from the internet, but um. It's been, I've learned a lot. I learn every single time, if not education, I learn empathy, more empathy towards those of us who have been in the non-pleasure sex and who want to have pleasure. Right. I
1: can't, I can't remember exactly the question, but I was, I was reading through them and it was something like, I can't remember don't don't quote me on this but it was something like I'm a woman and I enjoy anal does anybody mm-hmm. else enjoy anal sex and um and and the comments like women came on and were like yes I like mm-hmm. I do and and it's it's interesting you know to to like think about uh, as a woman you shouldn't even be a sexual being yeah as a woman you need to control men's sexuality to juxtapose that all the way to hey we're women talking about what we enjoy in terms of anal sex or uh-huh. other things that like and and to me having that open dialogue and also knowing that you're not alone in enjoying pleasure and sexuality and exploring things to me that's so healthy mm-hmm. and and i think from certain perspectives that's looked at as that is so unhealthy and bad and wrong and not mm-hmm. okay Right. And, and so I'm just glad it, I think it's hard to get over, over the hump, so to speak yeah, of, it. of rejecting it, feeling all that shame. It's all about fear to embracing it and making it about su it's such a beautiful part of, of yeah. existence that we're in. Sexuality is amazing.
0: Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's funny. Cause you say it takes a minute to get over that hump. Like, absolutely. I was maybe the slowest, but I have one of my best friends now. She was in one of my betrayal trauma groups. And when September came, it's like, I'm a different person. Like I'm leading my groups here, but then I'm like, I'm over here on social media. And I'm also like, I'm open over here. So to some of them, I am two different people. Right. Right. In right. those, when they're not ready for Sextember or sex chats, they're like, okay, unsubscribe to Ashlyn. Like, well, I love her how, in here. I
1: was when you threw in <laughs> Five. It's like, okay, Ashlyn, like, I can't, I can't be this part of me with you right now because, yes. because you're not ready for it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so um, I had a lot, I still have a lot of people who unfollow me mm-hmm. when Sextember comes because it's everyday sex. And um, she said, the one year, the first year she was in my group, she unfollowed me. And then she said, I cannot wait for September this year. I'm oh, so ready. And it was just so fun to see, like, I, I saw myself in her, right. Of right. It's so much fear. And like, that's not us. And I can't go there. And now she sent me a picture for Valentine's and said, my husband bought me a vibrator this year. <laughs> like, how weird is this, that this that's is where we're mix. at? Yeah
1: you know, here's the thing, Ashton. you or I, we're not saying somebody should be somewhere You're like they should have, you know, be happy that their husband bought them a vibrator for like somebody
0: who's been, that can be a negative, I've had it in horrible, a negative way
1: <laughs> and horrible. And the worst thing ever, yes. like what, like pressury yes. horribleness, like why? Um, and so like, we're not saying you should be to that place where you're just enjoying sex and it's pleasurable and you are where you are. That's okay. Yeah. I, th- I think the message that I think both of us want to send is, is progress yes. Do work, move forward wherever you're at. And it's okay that that's where you're at,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but there is a lot of pleasure to be had. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of connection to self Um, I, I, through sexual experience, I believe we experience intimacy, intimacy with self intimacy with others, even intimacy with God. Some of the most spiritual experiences I've had have been sexual.
0: Hey, I remember you saying that and being like, I want that. I don't even know what that means, but I want that. And that was me working through all the trauma and being in a place where I thought I was in this sexual health. Great place for myself, and I was, right. but it showed me that there was still more that oh, right. I could still have more connection and more pleasure and more experiences and so that kind of opened me up to the idea that I could be open to the idea that I'm not there, I'm healing right. and it's this ongoing process or where
1: you are and that's okay and it's but but it's an ongoing process and I'm going to, I'm going to look at things. I'm going to challenge some things. Yeah. I'm going to do my work.
0: Well, and when, when we get triggered, right. It's just our bodies saying, Hey, like it's yeah. sending me a message. And so if I actually listen, I have some work to do. There's, and there's if I push heartache. it away, like I was doing and just saying like, no, 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 no. Instead of questioning and saying, but why no.
1: If it, so in other words, if you hated this episode, then maybe there's.
0: <laughs> then why? Yeah, why then do you why? hate us? Look, yeah, look at,
1: look at that. If this was very uncomfortable or it triggered a lot of your shame, then yeah, there's yeah. some opportunity. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I, I have to add, though, Brandon, because I did do courses, I read books, Um, we did a lot of trauma work and, of course, the therapies individually and t- together as a couple. The last six years of my marriage, I had a great sex life. I right. felt i was happy okay right. um i did add um cannabis as an experience to open up and let down walls that i could not get down in therapy and it opened up my world of like one it helped me with the sensory stuff mm-hmm. i just realized like why do i care so much why do i care if it's messy like there's just a lot of grief in me that i wanted to just be done with and so I had that experience of just, I'm taking this cannabis as an experiment, as an experience mm-hmm. to be intentional about unlocking and letting down walls that I have just been just like, right. so fierce about holding.
1: Right. And that didn't mean that every time you had sex, mm-hmm. there was cannabis. No. But, but what that did do is when you were able to take that, it allowed you to experience what sex was like with yeah the fear without the protective parts getting in the yeah. way. Yeah. It showed
0: me that there is a there was this part inside of me who was there and just guarded. Uh-huh. Like yes. they they wanted out, right? right? And so it really changed my world. Um, because you could actually experience that yes. pleasure part. And really. one of the coolest parts was like, oh, I don't have to use cannabis to have this great experience. To to so yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you shared that.
0: Yeah. And then I got divorced <laughs> 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 and and that that was a whole nother unraveling for me to say now what does sexuality look like for me? Yeah. I'm, I'm not religious anymore, so I don't have people. rules. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I have values. Right. And I don't think I kept having, uh, men who would reach out on the dating apps or even on my Instagram, they'd see that I'm talking about sex. So they think I'm hypersexual. Are you, are you in your host age? Are you, you know, 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 just sleeping around and like, actually, no, like I never, my values are still in a place where that I don't want to go there. Um, But I have a lot of people in my life who, who that is part of their journey. And we've, we've, decided it's now named, not your host age. It's the sacral healing stage. <laughs> oh, <okay. So. laughs>
1: That's a positive spin on it. Um, but I, you're making a, an important point here, which is we're taught that we need to control our sexuality in order to not basically live in our quote unquote host age. Right. Yes. Um, but what you're saying is, you know, what? I don't need force and control and fear and all these things to step into who I am and live mm-hmm. with my values and be a healthy sexual being. Um, I can, I can just be that mm-hmm. I can just own that. And it doesn't mean I'm going to sleep with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the fallacy that really needs to be let go of is we don't need fear. We don't need control. Um, in fact, we need to get rid of that mm-hmm. so that we can fully be who we are as healthy sexual beings. So Ashton, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the chat. You're <laughs> always good. The, you know, you know, you you have good content. You've always had good content. But more importantly with you, Ashton, is your example. Um, I think that's why people resonate with you is because they like you're just real and you're doing your own work. And um, it's just awesome. So you've given that to us thank today. You. So thank you so much. Thank um, you. Yeah. You guys, if this was helpful, um, then please share it. If it was uncomfortable, then please look within and we'll talk to you next time. We'll see you.
0: Thank you.